What can I give him? Give him my heart. Love that song. Well, as the children just taught Pam, the uh, third Sunday of Advent is about joy. And so we're going to hear a most joyful passage today from Isaiah chapter 35. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He'll come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for putting joy and thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, I pray from the depths in which those things reside, that we might bring them forth and share them with the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So we just learned our third Sunday theme is joy. And one of the ways that we express joy is through music. In fact, Isaiah says when the Messiah comes, there will be singing. Makes me wonder about all of the Christmas music that's on the radio this time of year. It's a completely different type of music than what you hear the rest of the year. Come December 1st, or maybe even a little before, everything changes. Whether it be sacred or secular, you hear all kinds of Christmas music. Well, that got me to wondering, what's your favorite Christmas song? Everybody got one in their head? Yeah? All right, share, share with your neighbor. What's your favorite Christmas song? Go ahead and share with your neighbor your favorite Christmas song. What's your favorite Christmas song? Have you found one yet? We've only been here for four hours. Kira, what's your favorite Christmas song? Huh? Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, yeah. Do you know Jingle Bells is actually written for Thanksgiving? I just blew your mind, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's true, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know why, but yeah. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, okay. All right. Um, so uh, when, since the time I was a little boy, my favorite Christmas hymn, you know, like sacred song, was Joy to the World, Joy to the World. Now, who, who else has got Joy to the World was their favorite? All right, and, and who's got Silent Night as their favorite? Oh, yeah, okay. And then who's got something else? Okay, good. That's fine, too. That's good. That's good. My favorite secular songs, Christmas songs, um, I, I can't decide. It's, it's either Christmas in Dixie by Alabama or Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. So uh, it, I'm a child of the 80s, so what can I say? 
Um, Hayes says he liked Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. But, uh, so. I think most of us love the music of Christmas. Of course, I realize not all of us are musicians, though. Uh, in fact, a man and his wife were browsing in a craft store one day when the man noticed a display of country-style musical instruments. He was looking over the flutes and the dulcimers and the recorders, and he picked up this shiny one-stringed instrument that he took to be a mouth harp. So he put it to his lips, and uh, much to the amusement of other shoppers, he twanged out a few notes on it. Until after watching from a distance, his wife came up to him and whispered in his ear, I hate to tell you this, honey, but you're trying to play a cheese slicer. <laughs> like I said, not all of us are musicians. That's okay. That's okay. One woman was talking about how her parents had recently retired and her mother had always wanted to learn to play the piano. So her dad bought her mom a piano for her birthday. Well, a few weeks later, the woman went back to the house of her parents to find out how things were going. Oh, we returned the piano, said her dad. I persuaded her to switch to the clarinet instead. How come, the woman asked. Well, he answered, with a clarinet, uh, she can't sing while she plays. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. We're not all great singers. It's okay. It's all right. But God just wants us to make a joyful noise. I'm reminded of the story of a Catholic church in which the choir director had gone to a great deal of trouble preparing an excellent soprano for a solo on Sunday Mass. And as the soloist's beautiful voice soared throughout the church, in suddenly walked a woman off the street who had just sat down next to the choir and decided to just sing along with her. Well, the newcomer's voice had clearly seen better days. It quivered along slightly off-key throughout the entire song. The choir members kept looking awkwardly at the choir director who made no attempt to interrupt this intruder. And afterwards, some of the members of the choir came up to the director and asked, why didn't you stop that street person from singing? Because, he replied, I wasn't sure which song God would like better. I think the director makes a great point. It doesn't matter who sounds good and who doesn't, as long as we're all giving praise to God. I'd hate to think of this season of the year without the great Christmas hymns and great Christmas carols. Of course, the times, they are changing. Have you ever noticed that the Christmas tradition of caroling seems to be disappearing altogether? You know, there once was a time when people would get together at somebody's house and they'd have hot cho chocolate and they'd, they'd go from house to house and they'd ring the doorbell and they'd sing a few Christmas carols uh, to their neighbors. Well, that tradition's pretty much extinct, um, except uh, in hospitals and nursing homes and next week at Sundays at 6. Um, however, I did read about a new twist on this old tradition. Now we have what might be called virtual caroling. Okay. A TV commercial a couple years ago, you might re remember this, showed how this is done. There was a little old lady who opens up her door to find an iPad on her stoop. And out of the small, sleek iPad come the sounds and pictures of children singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And next door, the kids are waving from the window. You know, it was cute. Uh, according to USA Today, it's an appealing notion to spread cheer without leaving the warmth of your own home. Virtual Christmas caroling must be why YouTube boasts so many caroling videos. 
We can enjoy the carolers now without even having to get up from our couch and go to the door. Well, today's prophecy from Isaiah tells us that when the Messiah comes, there will be singing. There are few passages quite as joyful as Isaiah 35. Here again, Isaiah writes, The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. They will strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. And then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. I love that can be difficult to paint a picture in which the joy of the Lord is portrayed more vividly than that. They will enter Zion with singing. Music is very important to us, especially at Christmas time. Ironically, though, the Gospel of Luke doesn't actually tell us that the angels were singing in the heavens when Christ was born, but we certainly like to think that they were. Here's how that verse from Luke's gospel actually goes in chapter 2. It reads, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to all on whom his favor rests. Luke tells us they were saying, not singing. And I just ruined Christmas for everybody, didn't I? Um, um, I like to think they were singing. You know, that's, that's what's in our mind's eye. Well, speaking of singing, someone defined the difference between rap music and opera like this. Opera is people singing when they should be talking, and rap is people talking when they should be singing. <laughs> I like to think that the angels were singing, singing in beautiful harmony. And if they weren't singing, well, they should have been, because music is such a wonderful gift from God. There's a quote attributed to Victor Hugo that says, Music attempts to express what cannot be said about something on which it's impossible to remain silent. I like that. It helps explain why music is such an integral part of Christmas. Or as St. Augustine put it, He who sings prays twice. Isn't that the truth? Music gives us the opportunity to express our joy and thanksgiving to God. The famous preacher of another generation, C.H. Spurgeon, once said, I used to know an old Methodist. And the first thing in the morning when he got up, he began singing a bit of a Methodist hymn. And if I met the old man during the day, he'd still be singing that hymn. I've seen him in his little workshop, working with his hammer, singing away. And I said to him once, why do you always sing, dear brother? He replied, because I always have something to sing about. That makes sense. Good enough reason to sing. In Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah promises that the people 
will one day return to Zion. Now, Zion is code for Jerusalem, the holy city of God, for the promised land. You see, Isaiah is writing during a time when the kingdom is divided. Isaiah, excuse me, Israel is the northern kingdom and Judah is the southern kingdom. And the land had been overrun numerous times by their enemies, Assyria and Babylon. And the people had been carried off as prisoners of war into foreign lands to serve as slaves to these other countries. Well, Isaiah promises one day you are going to march home to Zion, that beautiful city of God. For from this... There will be great joy, and there will be singing. For Christians, of course, we associate Zion with the city of God that is heaven. And again, when we enter into that place of eternal promise, there will be singing. For those of us who know Christ's love in our hearts, there's a need to say thank you to God for all that he has done for us in our lives. Or as John Newton put it, we have no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. Charles Duke is a former astronaut. He came to Christ some years after walking on the moon. After his time with NASA, he lacked purpose and meaning in his life. His wife, Dottie, was also lost. In fact, she contemplated suicide. But then she began to attend church where she gave her life to Christ. And sometime later, at his wife's Bible study, Charles Duke gave his life to Christ as well. He found a new and compelling purpose for his life. And nowadays, he offers this comment on his conversion. He says, walking on the moon cannot compare to walking on earth with Jesus. Hmm. Now, when you feel like that, then sings your soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great Thou art. Music allows us to share our joy and thanksgiving with God. The second thing that music does for us is it draws us closer together as the family of Christ. In my mind, I can see this, this group of refugees that Isaiah envisions returning to their homeland, singing together in great packs as they make their way across the desert back to their homeland. I got to tell you, I love being part of a congregation that is willing to sing. I get to be in surround sound right here because everywhere around the room, there are people singing when y'all sing those great hymns of the church. As the great Christian musician and philosopher Julia Walker Jewell once said, there is a unity and a harmony that comes from singing together. There is unity and harmony that comes from singing together. You know, singing is one of those touchy-feely moments in the service that's almost sacramental. You know, we sing together and we start to feel like an extended family. That's the way Christmas ought to be, where everyone feels like they belong. Rich Mullins was a beloved Christian songwriter. He, he, he did a lot of contemporary Christian music. You've probably heard some of his stuff, but he was tragically killed in a Jeep accident back in 1997. And Eric Hawk was a close friend of Rich, and he recalls being with them in a worship service just days before Rich died. Some friends wanted to get together and praise God, and so everyone brought their instruments to play and just have a little jam session one day. He said the music sounded awful, though. It was just terrible. Even the leaders were singing out of tune. 
And Rich, he decided to go up to the microphone and he said to everybody, he says, I love to be in church. I love to listen to people sing and play from their heart. In my profession, we worry all the time about being in tune and sounding good, but this music tonight is the most pleasing to God because it is real. And it comes from the hearts of the children of God. And then he started to cry. And Eric said that was the last time you ever saw Rich cry. Some of you can understand that. You've been moved to tears by music. Some of us know what he's talking about. We know the power of music to draw people together. It reaches across the boundaries of social status, of of race or gender or political divisions or what have you. In fact, under a cultural exchange program, a rabbi from Russia was visiting with a Christian family in Texas. And since it was Christmas, the family wanted to take him to one of their favorite restaurants. They all went out for Chinese. Well, throughout the meal, the rabbi extolled the wonders of America in comparison to the bleak condition of his homeland in Russia. And when they finished eating, the waiter brought the check, a fortune cookie, of course, and a small brass Christmas tree ornament to give to the rabbi. Well, they all laughed when the rabbi pointed out that the ornament was stamped Made in India. But the laughter soon subsided when they saw the rabbi crying. They all thought, "Uh uh-oh, they've offended the rabbi by giving him a Christmas gift. And uh, he said, no, no, no. I was shedding tears of joy to be in such a wonderful country in a Chinese restaurant in which a Buddhist gives a Jew a Christmas gift made by a Hindu. (laughs) Christmas reminds us that Christ came for everybody to shine his light into the heart of everybody on earth, whatever race or creed. When we sing, we sing as the family of God. I've often wondered why God created us with such different voices. The soprano who can sing so high and the bass that can go so low. But then we blend our voices into one glorious sound. To me, it qualifies as proof that God exists because why would that happen by accident? Music music calls us together into one beautiful family, especially at Christmas. We sing Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing and What Child Is This? And I believe the angels sing with us. When the Messiah comes, there will be singing. Singing allows us to express our joy and thanksgiving. It draws us closer together. And most importantly of all, music speaks to us of God. Several years ago, there was an article in a church journal about a church in Jackson, Tennessee, that used music to help a group of at-risk children. They used volunteer piano teachers to come in in the afternoons and give lessons to these underprivileged kids. Well, the idea worked. In fact, it worked really well. Pride, self-esteem, even grades went up for all the kids that were participating. Not only that, but the program caught the attention of the Rockefeller Foundation for Fine Arts in New York City. The foundation thought the program might be replicated throughout the country, so they sent world-renowned piano player Lauren Hollander to go to Jackson and take a look at this. While Hollander was there, he shared something significant with the audience. He shared with them his own experience of being a battered child. He said there are a lot of children out there who are mortally wounded in their soul. 
They're children who are battered spiritually and emotionally. And then Hollander said this. He said that music can bring the spirit of love into the lives of these children who've just become lost. By allowing them to discover creativity in music, they can begin to express the divine love of God. Finally, Mr. Hollander had this to say. He said, when I was a little child and I first heard Bach, I told my sister, we don't have to be afraid of the dark anymore because someone is watching over us. I heard it in the music. The music speaks to us. It speaks to us about God. This is why music has always been part of the church. And, of course, it's why it's such a big part of Christmas. So let's prepare for the birth of Christ with songs of joy and thanksgiving. Let us sing as God's people with one unified voice. Let us pray that the music will, will be such that we will sense the Holy Spirit at work in this world. Isaiah writes about the future age. He says, they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's the promise of Christmas. That's the promise of God. So come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come ye, O oh come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Pray with me. Most holy and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of music, which allows us to express ourselves in ways that we couldn't with just words alone. Holy God, thank you for putting that joy into our hearts and, Lord, for continuing to put a song in our minds and on our lips. Holy God, even for those moments when we don't feel like singing, music just does something for us. So, Father, I thank you for the gift of worship, for the gift of song, for the gift of joy, and especially this year, for the gift of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. <laughs>